celebrating the sounds of Memphis for 21 years, welcome to another episode of Bill Street Caravan. Heard around the globe on NPR Worldwide, major funding for Bill Street Caravan is provided by the AutoZone Corporation. AutoZone, parts are just part of what we do. Hi, I'm your co-host, Pat Mitchell-Worley. And I'm Kevin Cubbins. This week on Bill Street Caravan, Memphis pays its respects to the guitar that changed the world as local favorites take the stage in memory of Scotty Moore. Bill Street Caravan contributor William Lee Ellis will also be joining us to discuss the deep connection between religion and the blues. That's all coming up right now on Bill Street Caravan. Hi, Pat. Hey, Kevin. You hear that? I hear it. That's Scotty Moore we're listening to, performing perhaps the most well-known guitar riff in music history. The iconic musician passed away this past June while Bill Street Caravan was on production hiatus. Sam Phillips recognized Scotty Moore's musical gifts early on, and he introduced him to an unknown Memphis vocalist, suggesting that they play together. Now, can you imagine Sam Phillips suggesting that you play with someone? Any suggestion from Sam Phillips would be received as a command. Well, they in turn recruited bassist Bill Black. That trio entered Sam Phillips' recording studio on July 5th, 1954. They recorded That's All Right Mama, and the rest, as they say, was history. Groundbreaking, revolutionary, hip-shaking history. Scotty Moore was just 22 years old that day. He went on to accompany Elvis for most of Elvis's early career, certainly for the most prolific years, playing on Good Rockin' Tonight, Heartbreak Hotel, Mystery Train, Blue Suede Shoes, Hound Dog, just to name a few hits. Memphians celebrated their hero's life and legacy with the program you're about to hear, featuring John Paul Keith and appearances from Will Tucker, Sun Records drummer J.M. Van Eaton, and Sam Phillips' son, Jerry Phillips. Here's the Memphis tribute to Scotty Moore, live on Bill Street Caravan. Come back, baby, I want to play house with you. Well, you may go to college, you may go to school, you may have a pink Cadillac, but don't you be nobody's fool. Now, baby, come back, baby, come. Come back, baby, come. Come back, baby, I want to play house with you. Well, listen to me, baby, try to understand. I'd rather see you dead, little girl, than to be with another man. Now, baby, come back, baby, come. Come back, baby, come. Come back, baby, I want to play house with you. So we can act like we did before Now baby, come back, baby, come Come back, baby, come Come back, baby, I wanna play house with you You dead little 
more shine Shine on the one that's gone and left me blue Shine, shine on the one that's gone and left the blue. From the moon of Kentucky, won't you keep on shining? Shine on the one that's gone and left the blue. Yeah. You're listening to the sounds of Memphis on Beale Street Caravan. Here's more from the Memphis tribute to Scotty Moore live on Beale Street Caravan.
You're listening to the Memphis Tribute to Scotty Moore live on Bill Street Caravan. We'll be right back with more music, but first we're going to turn it over to Bill Street Caravan contributor William Lee Ellis as he explores the deep connection between religion and the blues. Blues and Gospel. To some, these two genres of music are as compatible as good is to evil, as God is to old Gooseberry himself, Satan. If you play the blues after all, you'd likely have a hellhound on your trail and be walking with the devil side by side. If instead you sing gospel, well, you'd more likely seek favor with the Lord and expect to join that heavenly band. To quote legendary bluesman Sun House, I can't hold God in one hand and the devil in the other one. Them two guys don't get along altogether too well. Blues and gospel, then, would seem to be the most polarizing forms of music to come out of the African-American experience. Where gospel promises an afterlife, blues affirms the here and now. Where gospel submits to a higher power, blues relies on one's own wits. Where gospel nurtures community, blues threatens those very bonds. Even a bluesman such as Texas singer-guitarist J.T. Funny Paper Smith recognized the spiritual ruin that a blues life could bring upon a person when he sang in fool's blues, You know, this must have been the devil I'm serving. I know it ain't Jesus Christ. All I ask him is to save me, and looks like he's trying to take my life. Let's listen to Funny Paper lay out his dilemma from 1931, Fool's Blues. You know, until six months ago, I hadn't prayed a prayer since God knows when. Until six months ago, people, I hadn't prayed a prayer since God knows when. I'm asking God every day to please forgive me for my sin. You know, this must be the devil I'm serving. I know it can't be Jesus Christ. It must be the devil I'm serving. I know it can't be Jesus Christ. All I ask him to save me and look like he's trying to take my life. Indeed, most bluesmen tell similar tales when it came to the disapproval they faced from family and community in pursuing the sinful path of a blues musician. Bobby Bland, one of the most popular rhythm and blues singers of the 50s and 60s, has said of his upbringing in rural Rosemark, Tennessee, quote, I liked blues, but that was a no-no. You had to play spirituals, be in at 9 o'clock, and every Thursday night we had a prayer meeting, end quote. Listen to Barrel House piano master Big Joe Deskin relate how his father, a preacher, frowned on his son playing the blues. Then listen to how easily Duskin slips out of the blues into gospel without missing a beat. My dad was a God and God. He hated blues and boogie-woogie. And he was a fire, hellfire, and brimstone preacher. And he wanted to make one out of me. I said, oh, Lord, <laughs> you're going the wrong way, Dad. I'm a blues man. I said that to myself and said to him, so I played a song that he always loved. Be not dismayed, whatever you do. God will take care of you. 
So all the kids was out, and they said, you don't play the piano? I said, no, I'm going to tell my dad that I'm kind of sick and I ain't going in today to church. I'll be able to play, but you guys got to let me know when he's getting on that bus, and then when you do that, I know exactly what to do. So the old man said, why ain't you guys a dad? Look, I don't feel so good. I don't want to go to church today. All right, you stay home, but don't you get on that piano and play no blues or no boogie-woogie. Now, I thought, when he leaves, he ain't going to know that. So when he got on the bus, now he never forgets that umbrella. I don't know why he done that, and he don't know. He just said he forgot it. And I was in there playing like this here. so bad and I caught hold to that whip that was a, a bull whip he had cut it off short whipping the cows with and I was holding to turn that whip loose boy I said dad you remember Betsy that you cut across the head when she wouldn't do what you told her to do yes I remember that I said you ever see it anymore no and I turned it loose I was gone <laughs> and I got that whooping that day man while one might assume, then, that the secular and sacred sides of African-American musical life as heard in blues and gospel were exclusive choices, historically the relationship between the two has been far from black and white. Their intertwined legacies, as we shall see, have created a dialogue, sometimes hostile, sometimes welcoming, and always musical. Just as God needs the devil, so too does gospel need the blues. At times, in fact, they felt more like kissing cousins than bitter rivals. Blues and Gospel, to quote author James T. Cone, have each reflected the unifying power of song in the struggle for black survival. Over the next nine weeks, we'll look not at how different blues is from gospel, but how closely the two have coexisted, a shared history of identity and the triumph of the African-American spirit. We'll examine some of their common roots and traits, hear from street corner evangelists, look into those bluesmen who became preachers and the rare preacher who became a bluesman, and witness the ultimate merger of the two as heard in soul music. For now, we'll leave you with this sentiment by Sonny Boy Williamson, who was so distraught over a love gone bad, only the devil could be to blame. And for such a bold assertion, only the blues could give proper solace. Now my baby wasn't even excited about our wedding ring. When it comes to our marriage, it didn't seem to mount of a thing. But I've been dealing with the devil. I've been dealing with the devil. I believe I've been dealing with the devil. My woman don't love me no more. Well, now I've got the meanest woman. The meanest woman you most ever seen. She sleep with her eyes picking her hand, man, and she fights all in her dream. I soon to be sleeping with the devil. I soon to be sleeping with the devil. 
I'll soon be sleeping with the devil. My woman don't love me no more. Now my mother, she said one thing. You know, and father said the same. You keep on fooling around, son of boy women. Really gonna change your name. I've been dealing with the devil. I've been dealing with the devil. I've been dealing with the devil. My woman don't love me no more. This is William Lee Ellis for Beale Street Caravan. We want to remind our listeners you can find Bill Street Caravan on all the social media outlets. Go to our website at BillStreetCaravan.com and sign up for our monthly newsletter to find out where the caravan is going to be next. You can also keep up with Bill Street Caravan via our podcast that's available through iTunes. We have to take a quick break for local announcements, but stick around. There's a lot more music to come. You're listening to the Sounds of Memphis on Bill Street Caravan. AutoZone is proud to support Bill Street Caravan and other arts organizations that strengthen the greater Memphis community. Parts are just part of what we do. AutoZone.com. Bill Street Caravan is also supported by awards from the Memphis Convention and Visitors Bureau, the Tennessee Arts Commission, Arts Memphis, and Tennessee Tourism. TennesseeVacation.com. The soundtrack of America was made in Tennessee. We're back, and for those of you just tuning in, this week, Bill Street Caravan celebrates the life and legacy of Scotty Moore. The guitar that changed the world. That's exactly what they called him. Scotty Moore passed away this past June while we were on production hiatus. Memphis musicians, however, gathered to remember him with this beautiful tribute show, which we weren't able to bring to you until right now at the start of our 21st season on the public airwaves. We're going to take a minute here to sit down with the organizer of the show, John Paul Keith, who's no stranger to our audience. John Paul Keith is a recurring contributor to our program, as well as being a bedrock contributor to the Memphis music scene on stage and in the studio. Also joining us is recording artist Will Tucker, who portrays Scotty Moore in the unreleased television series, The Million Dollar Quartet. They just wrapped up production here in Memphis last month, and the show is slated to air on CMT in March of 2017. People can argue about what was the first rock and roll record, but nobody argues about what the first rockabilly record was. And that was That's All Right, Mama, Elvis Presley. And there's only three musicians on that track, Elvis Presley on acoustic guitar, Bill Black on upright bass, and Scotty Moore on electric guitar. And the uh, electric guitar is the primary melodic instrument on the track, and it's the only solo instrument on the track, and it is the defining sound of that track, and it was completely original. It was a mixture of 
Chet Atkins style, Merle Travis's style, but with this uh, Memphis blues influence and this stank, there's no other word for it. He just had that Memphis stank on it. And uh, that is the sound of rockabilly guitar. And that literally changed the world because that was imitated ad infinitum. Yeah, so many early electric guitar players picked up on Scotty's playing from those early Elvis records. And, you know, I think one of the most famous quotes that goes around is Keith Richards pretty much attributes Scotty Moore for being the reason he wanted to play guitar, that he wanted to be Scotty when everyone else wanted to be Elvis. There's, and there's another Keith Richards quote actually in relation to the Scotty and, that, and the first trio there with Bill and Elvis, which is, the quote is, uh, a band's limitations is where they get their sound. And the fact that they didn't have a drummer and he covered the whole spectrum rhythmically and harmonically and put this flash in it where you know where he needed it and this energy and he just stepped up to the plate and came up with a way to cover all of that and then you know he was adapted as they went along and they added drums and they added different things he totally rolled with the flow but that initial sound really that launched the you know all these other imitators he's he's really one of the formal building blocks of rock and roll guitar playing it also defined the sun sound to some extent. Oh yeah, and there's an interesting thing about the sound. One of the, one of the things that people associate with Sun and the Sun sound, the, the, the real defining characteristic in most people's mind is the slapback mm -hmm. echo, which Sam Phillips developed with a tape machine in the studio. But there were no devices to do that live. So um, Scotty uh, got wind of this amplifier that was made for Chet Atkins, and so Scotty Moore ordered two of them. And basically, it was a tweed basement with a consumer grade tape recorder bolted into the back of it and wired into the amp and it was able to get that slapback echo in a live setting and so he ordered two of them one of them for him to play through and the other for elvis to sing through so on the, the first tours when those guys are driving around in a couple of cars that you know elvis is singing through a tweed guitar amp you know it must have sounded like total punk rock you know there was this successful run on broadway of the musical million dollar quartet and it's now being turned into a television show and will you're very involved. I had the amazing honor and privilege to portray Scotty Moore in the in the show Million Dollar Quartet that is uh, scheduled now to be coming this March on CMT. And uh, as a Memphis music, Scotty Moore, Sun Records fan, um, just a complete dream come true to, to be part of that. I wasn't really formally an actor, still am not, but... Um, no, I think you're a professional you know. now. Yeah, well, yeah. Once you've weird. been paid for it, you're a professional. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> as a pro actor... Uh, yeah, right. But it was an um, incredible, incredible thing to be able to do. And I'm pretty excited about what the show could do because I know it's gauged to pan out and appeal to a younger audience as well as the diehard fans that have been here all along for it. And I think that it could really help the history of Memphis music gain more identity with that music and realize its importance in everything we even hear today, you know. So I agree with you that there is a, a new resurgence of interest in a lot of the early Elvis stuff and the Sun Memphis music history, and, and this is just going to help to continue to reinforce that. Yeah, that's one of the things I'm excited about with the, with the show. The average age of these actors in this thing is probably 19, 20 years old, which is right, because that's the age those guys were at the time. But being around these young guys that's uh, on set and stuff, because I was involved in a couple of things too, and, and got to meet the guys, and um, it struck me, it's like when this thing airs, you know, it's gonna expose an entire generation of young people that have never heard of Sun Records, have no idea what any of that is. And if a fraction of a percent of them are as affected by it as I was when I first heard it, it's gonna change their lives. 
and some of them are going to start making records in a few years, you know. So <laughs> anything that exposes that music or, uh, to a wider audience uh, is cool. Well, are you playing live on the program? About 50-50. The way that's going to run is um, on the scenes when we're in the studio, uh, the playing should be, and of course I don't get the final say, but from <laughs> what I've heard, the playing should be live. We recorded it live and we did the scenes in the studio. How did you prepare for the part? Yeah, the, the moment I even had the idea that I was in the running to get the part, I, I went home and, and just started, went from being a fan to being a super fan, just living and breathing it as much as possible. That's how you it. got the part. <laughs> <laughs> I went out and bought Scotty's book, which was really awesome, the, uh, Aboard the Mystery Train. Um, and, and went and read the book to learn everything about Scotty I could. And um, big shout out to scottymore.net, which I'm That's sure a great site. is yeah. such a great site. Gosh. And uh, yeah, just started woodshedding, living and breathing it, and uh, trying to embody it. And for me, it was kind of exciting because when you're coming up as a musician, you always have so many influences, and you always are trying to ride the line of okay, how much can I pull from them without being accused of like copying them? But for once you can finally say, no, it's okay. Now you need to be as close as possible to it. And so I got really excited to finally do that and not have to hold back. Did, did Scotty play with thumb picks and finger picks or did he play just he bare played, fingers? Yeah, he played with one thumb pick and the rest of his fingers bare from what I've been able to uncover from research. And so I think sometimes yeah. he may have held the thumb pick like a flat pick sometimes. I've seen him like, right, make right. a strumming yeah. kind of thing. And but heavier strumming. For yeah, sure. but, uh, but yeah, he did the, the thumb pick thing as far as I know. So John Paul, you it, the, this tribute show was your idea, right? I wanted to do something. I think some other folks thought of to do something as well. But we, but I, I offered to make, you know, to host it and asked Will to to come play since he plays Scotty in the show. And we also had our buddy Brad Burkadal, who's been on Beale Street Caravan before. Uh, to we had him come down because he knows all the Scotty stuff because he played Scotty in Walk, Walk the, the Line. Line. Yeah. So uh, there's a really special moment during the show where Jerry Lee Lewis's original drummer. J.M. Van Eaton gets on stage, and he's joined with Jerry Phillips, son of Sam Phillips. I've been lucky enough to get to know Jerry Phillips and the Phillips family a little bit. And so when we were going to do this thing, I had to invite them, uh, and uh, Jerry and his daughter Hallie, and they were kind enough to come in, and uh, Jerry came up and sat in with us, and it's just a treat. You know, there wouldn't be an Elvis Presley without Scotty Moore, but there also wouldn't be an Elvis Presley, of course, without Sam Phillips, and to have his son Jerry there uh, sort of uh, participating in it and, and rocking out with us and with JM who was the drummer on so much of that son stuff even besides the Jerry Lee stuff it's just a thrill uh, so it was definitely an honor to have Jerry and JM there guys thanks for coming on the program thanks, thanks. for letting us be a part of this special night total pleasure yes sir here's more from the Memphis tribute to Scotty Moore live on Beale Street Caravan well 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 just the glory thing is so pretty and just the glory well, just because you think you got something that nobody else has got, you call me lose all my women, you laugh and call me your Santa Claus. Well, I'm telling you, maybe I'm doing you because we'll just be cool.
Fave, ladies and gentlemen. Live Fave. Will Tucker, ladies and gentlemen. Will Tucker. Man. You're listening to the sounds of Memphis on Bill Street Caravan. Here's more from the Memphis tribute to Scotty Moore. Thank you all so much.
Will Tucker, Earl Lowe, Preston Rumbaugh, Johnny Mack, Jerry Phillips, Hallie Phillips, J.M. Van Eaton, Sean Zorn. Thank you guys so much.
Thank you so much. That was the Memphis tribute to Scotty Moore, live on Beale Street Caravan. Learn more about Scotty Moore's remarkable life and career by going to scottymoore.net. He maintained the site for years and years and continuously added stories, photographs, anecdotes all about the early days of rock and roll. Life on the road with Elvis, recording studios, music technology, well, you name it. If he thought about it, he put it on the blog. It's an online treasure trove for music lovers. And if you want to learn more about our friends John Paul Keith and Will Tucker, you can find them at johnpaulkeith.net and willtuckermusic.com. Special thanks to our supporters, AutoZone, the Memphis Convention and Visitors Bureau, Arts Memphis, the Tennessee Arts Commission, Tennessee Tourism, and Bridging the Blues for their support in making Bill Street Caravan possible. We'd like to remind our listeners to please show your support for public broadcasting. You're just not going to find programming like this anywhere else. We want to remind our listeners that you can find Bill Street Caravan on all the social media outlets. Do you love Memphis music? Tell us why and use hashtag IListenToMemphis. Or keep up with us on our podcast at iTunes. Visit our website at BillStreetCaravan.com to sign up for our monthly newsletter. You can find out where the caravan's going to be next. And if you can't meet us there, we'll be back right here next week, so we'll see you then. I'm Pat Mitchell-Worley. And I'm Kevin Cubbins. You've been listening to the sounds of Memphis on Bill Street Caravan. Mm-hmm.